So um, good morning, kids. Um, it is good to be with you this morning. Um, how good it is to give praise to our God together this Sunday morning. God is good all the time. So um, we looked at this verse last week from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Today, I have a map. So I'm going to stand up and I'm going to bring my map over. Ooh, here we go. Here's a, this is the map that we use every Sunday when we get together. All right. So uh, let's see. I'm going to point to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is right here. And I have with me my blue star, and I'm going to put my star right on Jerusalem. Okay? So, we've been going through the book of Acts, as you remember, and the believers of Jesus Christ started in Jerusalem. That's where the church started. But when the believers began to be heavily persecuted, they had to leave Jerusalem. They left, but they continued to share the good news of Jesus as they went out through Judea and Samaria. Oops, I'm sorry. Samaria and Judea, okay? So as they were going to these places, they were sharing the good news. Now, as you remember, Philip had to leave Jerusalem, and he had to go towards Samaria, okay? So that's where we are. All right. So while Philip, I'm going to give you his name. While Philip was in Samaria, he shared with the people there what he knew was the best news he had ever heard in his life. He shared that God keeps God's promises, and that God sent Jesus to show people just how much God so loved the world. God was inviting all people to call on the name of Jesus as the promised Savior of the world. So Philip wanted others to experience the joy of knowing that God loves them. Philip was given the power of the Holy Spirit and was able to preach and heal in the name of Jesus. And so remember, Philip baptized those in Samaria who were now calling Jesus their Lord and Savior. You see, when Jesus becomes your Lord and Savior, you get baptized into a new life. Baptism means you are now a part of the family of God because Jesus made it possible for you to be a part of that family of God's people. When you get baptized, you're no longer just you. You are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you become a part of his body. So you live a new life with hope in all that Jesus taught us. All that Jesus taught, we live by it. Okay? And so we heard last week about the family of God getting bigger and bigger. At first, like we said, they were in Jerusalem, and then they spread to Judea, and they spread to Samaria. Not only were more and more people believing Jesus Christ, God was including people who were outsiders to be part of the family. See, the good news of Jesus is that all are invited to belong to the family. All are invited to call Jesus their Lord and Savior. 
So when Peter and John came from Jerusalem, do you remember that? To pray for the new believers in Samaria? The believers in Samaria were also given the power of the Holy Spirit to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And because the new believers in Samaria also now were given the power and the help of the Holy Spirit, they were able to build the church there too. So Peter and John didn't stay. So they left to return back to Jerusalem. They said bye to Philip. And then this is what happened. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. The angel told Philip, go south to the desert road. It is the road that goes down from Jerusalem to a place called Gaza. So what do you think Philip did when the angel told him this? That's right. Philip obeyed. He did as the angel told him. He went, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian official who was sitting inside his chariot. This Ethiopian uh, comes from a country called Ethiopia, and Ethiopia is in Africa. This Ethiopian man had an important position. He was in charge of all the wealth of the queen of Ethiopia. Now, that's a big job. It means that he was in charge of all of the queen's money. But that's not the most interesting thing about this Ethiopian official. The most interesting thing about this Ethiopian official is that he believed in the God of Israel, even though he was not Jewish. You see, this Ethiopian official had come to believe in God, even though his family might not have believed. And because he believed in the God of Israel, this Ethiopian official, do you know where he was? He had gone to the temple in Jerusalem to worship God there. And now he was on his way back home to Ethiopia. He was on that road back home to Ethiopia. And he was sitting in his chariot on that road. And that is the road that the angel told Philip to go to. When Philip saw him, the Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot, stay near it. So what do you think Philip did? That's right. That's right. He listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and he ran up to the chariot. So when Philip stood near the chariot, do you know what Philip heard the Ethiopian official doing? The man was reading God's word from the book of Isaiah. Philip heard the Ethiopian reading Isaiah. So then Philip asked the Ethiopian, do you understand what you're reading? The Ethiopian official answered, oh, how can I? I need someone to explain it to me. You see, the part of Isaiah that the Ethiopian was reading was a very important part of the book of Isaiah. It was a key part of God's word. So do you know what the Ethiopian official did? He invited Philip to come up into his chariot and sit with him. He invited Philip to help him figure out what the passage meant. Isn't that so awesome? 
the Ethiopian invited Philip to read God's word and to make sense of it with him. All of that really tells us how much the Ethiopian wanted to understand God's word. You see, listen carefully, this is very important. The part of the book of Isaiah that the Ethiopian official was reading was a story about a man. In the story in Isaiah, there is a man who is a servant. The servant man suffers. The servant man is compared to a sheep because like a sheep who is taken to be killed, <clears throat> this man is taken to be killed. And like the sheep who stay silent while their wool is being cut off, the man doesn't open his mouth and doesn't cry out while he is being humiliated, made fun of. When this man is treated badly, he isn't given a fair trial. Instead, what is done to him is not fair. It is not fair. And because his life was taken from him, his family would end with him. There would be no children to carry his name. There will be no future generations, it says. That was a part of Isaiah that the Ethiopian official was reading. So the official turns to Philip and says, tell me, please, who is this story talking about? Who is this man in this story? Is the man in the story the prophet Isaiah or is the man someone else? Okay. Now I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to tell you one other very important thing about this Ethiopian official. You see, this Ethiopian man was a eunuch. What that means is he was a servant of the queen. And when he was made a servant of the queen, they had taken him, they had to cut off a part of him so that he could not have children of his own. So you can imagine, right? Why the Ethiopian must have wanted to understand this passage in the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, a promise is made about a servant who will come and suffer and be humiliated for the sins of the people. The servant would take the sins of the world on himself and die for the sins of the people. I think maybe the Ethiopian official understood what it was like to be a servant. I think the Ethiopian understood what it was like to not have the hope of having a family of his own. I bet the Ethiopian officially, official desperately wanted the prophecy in Isaiah to be true, that there would be a promised savior who would understand the sadness maybe he experienced in his own life, that the savior would come and save the world. So the Ethiopian wants to understand who this suffering servant who will save the people will be. So he invites Philip to read with him and he asks Philip, who is this man in the story found in Isaiah? And then Philip began to explain and share with the Ethiopian official the good news of Jesus. Philip explains 
that as Isaiah is talking about Jesus. You see, Jesus was taken like a sheep to be killed. Jesus was not treated fairly. Jesus had died for the sins of others. This Jesus was the Son of God who had come to save. But not only that, this Jesus thought, though this Jesus, though he was dead, he rose from the grave. This Jesus, who did not have children of his own, this Jesus made it possible that even the Ethiopian eunuch would have hope for a future, a family, generations to come after him. You see, the family of God was his family. That even though he had no children, because of Jesus, his life did not end when he died. And as Philip shared all this with the Ethiopian official, as they were in the chariot traveling along the road, they came to some water. And the official said, look, here's water. What? What can stop me from being baptized? You see, the Ethiopian was right. Nothing could stop him from being baptized. Though he was not Jewish, Jesus was inviting him to be a part of his family. So the Ethiopian official gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the official went down into the water. Right there and then, Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. The official did not see Philip again. Now I know that in this picture, you only see Philip and the Ethiopian. But who else do you suppose was there with them? That's right. God. Baptism happens in the sight of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so, Acts tells us that even though the Ethiopian never saw Philip again, guess what? The Ethiopian official went on his way full of joy. Can you imagine what he must have done when he went back home to Ethiopia? I bet he shared with others the good news of Jesus Christ. Now that he too had the power of the Holy Spirit, I bet he too was bold and wanted to share the joy he felt with others. Um, I have a scarf that I want to show you. Um, you know what? Um, I don't have it with me at this moment. I left it downstairs. Hmm. I will bring it to you next week. But the scarf that I have on, on the scarf, there are, um, I got this scarf from um, my friend who, when I uh, worked in New York City, um, I um, worked at some place called the United Nations. And at my workplace, I met a lot of great people. And my best friend at work was a woman named Abyssinia. And she and I were inseparable. We would, did everything together. We not only spent the whole workday sitting next to each other because our desks were facing each other, but we practically spent every night together, like eating dinner and going out and doing things. Anyway, Abyssinia gave me a shawl, and I, um, she and I were both Christians. 
So she gave me this shawl because on it, there are all these crosses. And these are called Ethiopian crosses. They look a very specific way. And the Ethiopian cross has been around for many, many centuries. So every time I look at the shawl, every time I wear it, it reminds me that I have brothers and sisters in Ethiopia who call Jesus their Lord and Savior too. I love this shawl because it reminds me that long before I was even a Christian, right? There were churches long, long ago in Ethiopia who were Christians too. That makes me feel like God is just so, so big. That God's family is just so, so very big. It makes my heart sing, God is good. And all the time, God is good. So I'll show you this shawl next time. Okay? But can you open them? Shut them? You are our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Open them. Shut them. You came, suffered, died, and rose for us. Open them. Shut them. Give your hands a clap. Open them. Shut them. Fold them in your lap. Let's pray. God, how can we thank you enough for loving us so much? We sit back and marvel at how this world is yours and how you have called us to know you. This week, help us to see that you are so big. Help us to see that Jesus is Lord and that he came to save the whole world. Help us to see that you show yourself to all people and call all people to be your sons and daughters. Help us to know that we have brothers and sisters all over the world, and that we are not alone. There are so many who call Jesus as their Lord and Savior. God, help us to see how big, big your church is. Make our eyes see. Help us to see always your big, big family. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.